0: Getting a scrum master role seems to be the ultimate goal for every individual out there. But in reality, succeeding in a scrum master role needs to be your goal. Because it's one thing for you to have the knowledge that helps you get a job. It's another thing for you to have a knowledge that helps you succeed, that helps you implement what you know and helps you move your team from where they are, from where they need to be. It's also very important for you to focus your attention on how to succeed because it shifts your mindset in terms of what you need to learn, how much you need to know and how to understand and implement what you know. So for those of you who are yet to get a job, I want your goal to be, how do I succeed in the scrum master role? What are the things I need to know to enable me succeed? Because that is the ultimate goal. You're not just focused on getting yourself a job. You also want to be able to keep that job. So having that mindset of success and succeeding in the role should be your ultimate goal. Now, I'm talking about this because in recent times, I've come across many people who have reached out to me, who got a job, and they're as confused as people who are yet to get a job. They don't have a clue. Some of them are so scared. They're panicking. They don't even know what to do on their first day. And I'm like, the reason why you're in this mess is because you've been so focused on you getting a job. And so your mindset has been focused on, how do I answer this interview questions? whether are the questions out there? What do I need to say? How do I need to say it? But do you really know what to do, even though you said it, right? That should be your ultimate goal. But luckily for you, for those of you who are in this situation, do not panic because today I am coming with the tea. I'm going to be sharing things that you should be doing in your first 30 days as a scrum master. So that way you're no longer worried. You're not in that panic mode. You know exactly what to do and you can start doing them. Right away. But before we get into all of those, let's start with some introduction for those of us who were just meeting me for the first time. Hello, and welcome to the Exceptional Scrum Master Podcast. My name is Yinka, and I am your online Agile coach. This podcast is designed to help you understand all things Agile, help you land your dream job, and help you succeed in your role as a Scrum Master. So, If you're an aspiring Scrum Master or you're relatively new to the concept of Agile, then this podcast is what you want to be keeping up with. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing what you need to be doing in your first 30 days as a Scrum Master. So now let's get into it. When you get your job and you get started with your team, the first thing I want you to focus on is observing your team. You need to observe the way your team is working. What kind of framework is your team even using? Are they using a Scrum framework? Are they a Kanban team? Is your team part of a bigger system? Are they in a scaling system where they're using a scaling framework? So, if they're in a scaling system, are they using the Safe framework? Are they using Nexus? Are they using Scrum at scale? You know, what framework? framework are they using? It's important for you to quickly observe what framework your team is using, because then you're able to start figuring out if your team has the right knowledge, if your team has the right understanding, and they know how to implement the process in the work that you're doing. That's one of the first things you need to start observing. So that way, you know, quickly, if this is a Scrum team, then I can start focusing on, are they a truly Scrum team? Is the Scrum framework the right framework for them to be using, given the type of work that they are doing, okay? So observe your team, understand the type of framework they're using so that you can then get to work. Now, before I continue... One thing I like to share is another misconception that I've noticed out there. A lot of times, many new scrum masters assume that their team should be doing well. And so I hear complaints like, oh, my team is not doing this. My team is not doing that. And they say that in a very funny way. And many times when I hear that, my response is, like, did you think that your team should be doing really well? Because if that were the case, why should they even hire you? If you're meeting a team that is really high performing, why do they need you? That means they figured out how to work and it works for them and they're improving and doing all things right. Since they have that knowledge and they have that mindset, why do they need you to be on the team? So I need you to know, that the reason why many organizations will hire you is because they need you to come and help that team improve their way of working. So you should have the right mindset and expectation to be coming across a team that probably has many knowledge gaps. And then your job will be to help close those gaps. Okay, now let's get back into it. So now let's assume that you start observing your team, this is week one, and you notice that, oh, this is a Scrum team. Then now you're able to channel your focus towards the Scrum framework. So now if this is a Scrum team, then I start looking at my team. Are they even observing the rules of Scrum? Are they working the right way? Are they observing the right meetings? So we take a look at daily Scrum. Does my team have a daily Scrum? Do they have a sprint review? Do they have retrospectives, right? Do they have a planning session? Do they have a refinement session? If they do, then clearly you should have received those invites within your first week of working in that organization. If you have not received your invite, then that's a point to know whether do these meetings actually happen and how often are they happening, right? So let's assume that in this situation, All the meetings are happening and, you know, a team member has sent you an invite to all of the meetings. So you look at it, okay, daily scrum happens every day, review happens once every two weeks. I have my planning session happening once every two weeks and it's reoccurring, you know, happening at the same time, the same place and all that kind of stuff. Then what you want to start doing is, okay, you attend a daily scrum, that meeting's a meeting for your team. How are they even running this daily scrum? Are they focused on the progress? of their spring goal? Do they even have a spring goal that they're working towards? You know, how is that meeting happening? How are the teams interacting with one another? Are they keeping to the time box of that meeting? Are they sharing their progress, the impediments that they have? You know, is there flow in the conversation that these people are having? Those are the things that you can quickly watch out for in a daily scrum. And once you notice that things are not what they should be, then you need to have an improvement backlog that you start documenting. Okay, these are the gaps that I noticed in the daily scrum. These are the things that they are doing well. These are the things they are not doing so well. And maybe that's why they are getting this result, right? Maybe the meeting felt like a waste of time. Whatever it is that you observe write that down. You need to have your own backlog. So whether you're going to use like a Trello board on the side to start documenting what you know, or whatever works best for you, you need to have your own backlog to start documenting your observation, right? So let's assume that you attended the daily scrum and you've observed what you've seen. The next meeting will probably be maybe a refinement session. Is a refinement session even happening? Do we have work that the product owner is bringing to the team for us to then discuss? Are they breaking that work into smaller chunks? Are they estimating that work, right? Is that description? Is that acceptance criteria? You're looking out for some of those things during those meetings, right? Now, if you notice any gaps, you document those gaps and then you address them later, right? Because they're your new you, are, you need to observe to know why we're we doing these things because you will be shocked that you're not doing something because they do not know that you're supposed to be doing it or because they've tried it and it didn't work out, but they didn't try it even well or they didn't do it the right way. And it's the reason why things are not working out, but you will never know, right? So you have to observe to be able to know, okay, this is what I observed. This is the result or the outcomes of the behaviors that I observed. And then if we want to get a different behavior, we probably need to do something different, right? So now you've attended refinement. You've noticed the gaps. You document those gaps. You know what you're also looking out for, right? Okay. So now it's time for sprint review. Review happens. Do we have an increment that we're actually reviewing? Do we have the right stakeholders showing up for this meeting? Is your team limiting their presentation to just PowerPoint? Or are they actually, you know, showcasing the real thing? Or walking the stakeholders through the real thing? Right? Are we keeping to the time box? Are we reviewing the product goal to know how this work, you know, relates to that product goal? Are we sharing the next thing we're going to be working on with the stakeholders so that we are all on the same page in terms of working on the right product and working on the right priority? Is that happening during your sprint review? Okay. So there are certain things that needs to happen in every meeting that you need to know so that you can start watching off of those things to see whether those things are happening in those scrum events, right? Now, we move to the next meeting, retrospective. Is the team having retrospectives, right, before you joined, Did they even have retrospective? Let's assume that they're having a retrospective. You know, even though that's your meeting and you probably would run it, you could also ask them, like, okay, how would you guys normally run this meeting or what you guys do in this time? Hear from them. So that way, you're not just jumping the gun. You're trying to understand how the team is set up, how they've been playing So that you know how to best address your situation. So in the retrospective, you understand, or I'm assuming that you understand what needs to happen in this meeting. So, you know, are we reflecting on our springs? Are we looking at the interactions we had as individuals? You know, the work, the tools, the processes, and the definition of done. Are we reviewing all that to see what we did well, what we should be doing better, and what we probably should stop doing? At the end of that retro, are we coming together to say, okay, this is an action item that we want to work on to help us improve ourselves and become more effective? You know, you should have a checklist. Are we eating those checklists? For every gap you see, you need to document those gaps because that's how you then begin to have your own roadmap on how you want to help your team succeed, right? So now let's assume that, Within the first two weeks, clearly you're going to have noticed several daily scrums in your first week where you can probably by the second week start sharing some of the things you noticed and how to help them improve, okay? In the first two weeks, you would have had a whole cycle of the scrum events, right? Daily scrum would have happened every day. Sometime in that two weeks, they would have had a refinement session. At the end of that two weeks, they would have review They will have retrospective and then they would plan for the next sprints. So within your first two weeks, you'd have had enough time to observe the scrum events and you would know the knowledge of the team and where they need to improve. So planning session, how are they planning? Does the product owner come into that meeting with a sprint goal, right? Do we already have work that has been estimated that we're then pulling what work correlates with the goal that the product owner has? You know, is the team member the ones who have estimated the work? You know, during your refinement session, you should have watched out for that. Sometimes maybe information might have changed between when we had a refinement session and now that we have planning, and sometimes we might need to quickly, you know, decompose another story. You know, at that time, did you notice that it was the team that was estimating it? Or was there one technical lead who was estimating on behalf of the team? Those are the things you're watching out for to be able to understand how are they applying their knowledge of Scrum? Because now you know that Scrum is the framework they're using. What is their understanding of Scrum, right? How are they applying what they know? How are they implementing the process? Do we even have a product owner on the team? You will be surprised that your team is a scrum team and there is no product owner, okay? If there's no product owner, document that. And then you talk to, you know, your manager, whoever needs to know that I noticed a gap of not having a product owner, you know, how do we deal? Who's going to help us with prioritizing our work? Who is going to help us? We you know getting the requirements from the stakeholders, right? So is that even a product owner? You are the scrum master, so they they got that figured out, right? Then you have the team. You also need to even observe the team. Do we have the right skill set? It's probably too early for you to know in details, but at least even observe the team. How many members on the team? You know, based on the daily scrum and you listening to the conversations, you would have a clue who is who, right? In terms of like, you know, who are the developers of this team? Based on the impediments that they are facing, you will know if there is a people problem on the team, if there is a limitation in the required skill set that needs to be on the team. So that way you'll be able to document whether, oh, there's a gap in the skill required for us to do the work. So you have to observe the entire process. You have to observe, what framework they're using and how they're using that framework correctly. That is something that needs to be done within your first 30 days. And in this situation, that needs to be the first thing that you start observing. And clearly, obviously, the first three days of you working, you know, you might be doing orientation and all that kind of stuff. So it just depends. But let's leave out all of those administrative things that the organization would require you to do. Let's assume that now you are with the work and now it's fair play. Go and do your thing. What should you be doing? Okay. Now, while you are observing the team, another thing that you need to do within your first 30 days is for you to meet your product owner. Now, in this case, let's assume that the team has a product owner. You need to set up a one-on-one time with your product owner, most likely within that first week. Because when you meet with a product owner, you get an understanding of the work that the team is doing. What is our priority? What are we working on? What are we building, right? When are we expected to build this work? What is our roadmap looking like? Do we even have a roadmap, right? If we have a roadmap, you know, that product owner should be showing you the roadmap. So do we have a roadmap? What does our roadmap look like? What does our milestones look like? What does our timeline look like? What are the challenges that you're facing as a product owner with this product? Do you have a challenge with the team doing the work? Do you have a challenge with getting the requirements? What challenges are you facing? Because when you understand the challenges that the product owner is facing, you're able to map out a plan on how to help that product owner resolve that challenge. Okay? So you have to quickly meet with your product owner within your first week to get an understanding of the work, get an understanding of the milestones and what we are tracking to it. Now, the third thing that you need to do within your first 30 days, and this needs to happen within your first two weeks, is also for you to meet the individuals in your team, because you need to understand the team dynamics. And the only way for you to understand that is for you to have conversations with your team. So set up one-on-ones with every individual in your team to get to know them, right? In terms of like, hey, I'm the new Scrum Master. How are you doing? What is your role on the team? You know, how are we working? Are you guys even enjoying the Scrum way of working? It's important for you to know certain things, because... because... Because if they don't even like the framework they're using, if they don't think it's the right framework, then how are they even going to succeed? Because they don't even know or they don't even like the way they work. So it's important for you to ask even questions that you think that you might already know the answer to. The fact that we're working this way does not mean that I like it. So ask, do you like the way we're working? What issues do you think we're facing as a team? You will be surprised that maybe there might even be some friction that's going on, that it's only when you have these conversations that you get to find out that, oh, there is this team lead who is nasty to the rest of the team. Or there is this product owner who fusses down work on the team. Those are quick information that you need to know as soon as possible so that you can then come up with a plan that will help resolve some of these frictions. So get to meet with all of them one-on-one where you get an individual perspective of everyone and how they think the team is doing and the work that they are doing okay so now let us assume that in the first two weeks you're able to you know meet your product owner meet every member of your team and you're clearly observing the meetings that this team's are having at the end of that two weeks you would have had enough data for you to then share with the team during retro right So you could decide to say, okay, during retro will be the time that I want to share my observation of how we're running daily and then share that with them and let them talk through what you've observed, what they think they're doing, or maybe even things they didn't even notice that they were doing. And then we can all agree as a team to say, okay, you know what? we agree with you. Let us work on this. And that might even be the improvement action item that will come out of their retrospective. And within your first two weeks, you are already making an impact. That is how you become exceptional. And that's why I said from the beginning that it's very important for you to focus on how to succeed in that role and not just you getting a job. Because when you focus on just getting a job, you come into that job even getting confused because you feel like your job is done. Now I have this job. Let me sit and relax. And then that's why you find out that many times all you're doing is just attending meetings and you don't even know what to look out for in those meetings. And then it feels like you're not making any impact because the teams are still doing what they've always done. Nobody's telling them they should be doing something differently and why they should be doing things differently. And that's because you did not come into that job with the right mindset of succeeding in that role. You have to plan for success. We just don't stumble on success, right? The fact that you show up to work every day does not mean that you're going to be successful. You have to have a plan on how you want to achieve that success. And then Implement that plan on a daily basis and adjust where needed. So it's important that you have a plan. You come into that job with a plan and you start implementing your plan from day one. Okay. So I've shared three things. Observe the team. Observe their framework. Observe how they're using the framework. Get to meet with your product owner and get to meet with the individuals of the team. Now, the next thing that you need to do within your first 30 days is for you to review the backlog. Okay, the product backlog. So where is our product backlog? Are we using a tool for this backlog, right? Or do we have backlogs scattered all over the place? (laughs) You know, you will be surprised that your product owner might have a backlog on Excel, maybe somewhat using the tool, and it's just scattered. and you need to find out quickly because that is what for you to do. You need to create structure for your team. So you need to start reviewing the product backlog. You know, what does a product backlog look like? Remember, you've met with your product owner. so you've gained some insight into the work we're doing, what is coming up. And then you can start using that information to start taking a look at the backlog to see how what the product owner said matches up with how the product backlog is structured, you know, do we have like, you know, prioritized work that have been estimated on top of the backlog? And while we have, you know, bigger stories and epics, maybe towards the end of the backlog, you know, what does the top of the backlog look like? How many work do we have estimated? Do we even have the next sprints pre-planned or pre-populated? You know, do we have some of those stories estimated? That will tell you whether they're even refining their stories properly. So you have to review that backlog to know the current state of the backlog. And then you can use that information to know where you need to work with the product or not to be able to improve the way that product owner is working and remember that when you go back to the basics of scrum you are that to support your team you're that to support your product owner and you're that to support the organization at large so many of these things that you need to do within your first 30 days is actually helping you achieve supporting your team and supporting your product owner okay now once you've been able to observe and review the product backlog and you now have a clear understanding of what gaps exist and what you need to then do to fix the gaps. Another thing I'd like you to observe and for you to actually do within your first 30 days is to review the metrics because the metrics will give you insight into the way we've always been working and it'll give you insight into how much more we're able to work in a successful manner or not. So when you review the metrics, you're able to see the burn down charts, How do they burn down work? You know, there's also, depending on the tool that you're using, you'll be able to see, you know, work that was committed versus work that was completed, sprint after sprint. You also will be able to see things like their velocity. In last sprint, what was their velocity? The sprint before, what was their velocity? Do they have a close number when it comes to their velocity or is it like scattered where you see 100, three sprints ago, 50 the next sprint? 30 the sprint afterwards, you know, and it's just all scattered because then you can use that data to make informed decisions on what the root causes and what some of the problems might be with the team. Also, when you look at the metric of completed versus committed, if the team committed to 100 and they got 30, you can clearly tell that this team is overestimating their work. So we need to talk about that. We need to address it because of what point is me, you know, pulling in 100, what's of work or 100 story points into my sprint and I barely get 30 done. Like, what are we trying to achieve? right? So all of this data points will inform you on where the gaps are, and then you are able to come up with a plan on how to help them close the gap. And also one thing you need to do that is extremely important within your first 30 days is for you to start closing up the gaps. So please don't spend the entire 30 days observing and not doing anything about the information that you have you need to validate your assumptions because even when you observe you're making assumptions you have to validate those assumptions you have to talk to the team get informed decisions and then based on that we then make informed decisions on what we need to do so please don't spend the entire 30 days just observing take actions. Okay. The last thing I'd like you to do as I bring today's episode into a close is for you to then craft workshops that will help you educate the team so that you can begin closing the gaps. So let's assume that you notice gaps in how they even run the events. They don't have daily scrums properly. They don't have review properly. Maybe they don't do all of their events very well. Now you can then craft workshops that helps to fix that gap. And then their workshop is more tailored where you're not just talking about Scrum because some of them might have gone through Scrum training and maybe they forgot. Right, but now you're able to come up with training materials that is really specific on the gaps that they have. These are the issues that I noticed with our daily scrum. This is what the outcome of a daily scrum meeting should look like. This is where we are, this is what we need to go to, and that way you are getting your team up to speed with the knowledge of scrum. And now there's a better understanding. Of scrum and now you can walk them through the implementation of how to survive and succeed in that role so come up with workshops you have the scrum guide to help you There's so many resources online if you want to come up with training you know materials to help with the team because it's important for you to start correcting some of those wrong behaviors if you take too long correcting it it becomes much difficult for you to correct it because now they've experienced you accepting that behavior, not doing anything about it. And then it becomes much difficult for them to correct it. But now when there's a new person added to the team, in the case of a scrum master, they are more willing to listen to you because now you're a fresh face. They want to be good people. You know, they just want to have that nice relationship with you. And so when you notice some of the gaps and you discuss the gaps, where you're not commanding them, but you're just sharing information that you notice and asking them questions like, I noticed this, is there a reason why we do things this way? And you allow them give you feedback. And then based on the feedback, you can say, if you guys desire this result, this behavior will not get you this result. So for you to get this result, you need to have this behavior because this behavior will help you get there. And that way you're able to help them marry, you know." their outcomes versus the behavior that they have and so those workshops helps you close those gaps and then you can start monitoring them going forward so your first 30 days is very crucial for you and there's a lot of work for you to do so this episode is supposed to help you know exactly what to do when you get the job and for those of you who are already in that job i want you to take this episode as a checklist where you're like okay did I do this? If I do not do this, can I still go back and do this? Because yes, even if you've been on the job, maybe a month or two, let today where you heard this episode, be your first 30 days where you're like, you know what? For this next 30 days, this is my goal. This is what I'm going to do with my team. This is how I'm going to implement it. And then even your team will start noticing that, okay, this lady, this guy is not here to play. This is time for real work. And the organization will be happy with you because then they can justify the pay that they are giving to you. You are creating great value for the team. You're helping the organization to realize the objectives, which is why they hired you in the first place. So like I always say, I do not like my episodes getting so long, so I'm gonna bring it to a close here. If there's any question you have regarding the subject, please feel free to send me an email, feel free to send me a message and I'll be able to help you shed more light to it. And just to kind of bring it to those of you who may not have noticed, I have a new offering called Inner Circle. Now, Inner Circle is for every aspiring scrum master out there, or even if you're a new scrum master, you're new on the job, you notice that you still have gaps in what you need to do with your team, I advise you to join Inner Circle. This is an agile community that is focused on helping you succeed in your role. I will be there every day of the week answering whatever questions that you have. You know, I just launched this last week and it's been amazing. I've had a few people join and we've already started to have great conversations. So if you want to be a part of us, I encourage you to join Inner Circle and you'll find information in the description of today's episode. So like I always say, I wish you all the best for those of you who have the job and for those of you who are still aspiring, I wish you all the best. Just keep hanging in there. You will eventually get the job. And while you're hanging in there, make sure that you are learning, you're expanding yourself, you're closing your gaps and you're just improving yourself to becoming that best version of yourself. And that organization will notice that and you will get that job and you will succeed in that job. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you so much for all the likes. Thank you so much for all the shares, you know, for all the subscriptions. Thank you so much for the reviews. I love it. Keep them coming. You know, you're helping me grow this channel and I'm super excited that you all are a part of this journey with me. Thank you so much. I love you guys as always. And I cannot wait to catch you in the next episode. Bye for now.